You're listening to Veg Your Best. My name's Michelle Olander, and there has, in my opinion, never been a more important time to be vegan. If I could go vegan in my 50s with all my excuses, I know you can start moving in that direction too. Veg your best, and there's nothing you can't do. Episode 132, A Fixed versus a growth vegan mindset. Welcome back, my veggie besties. Welcome back. And you know, last week I've recorded a Q&A. A lot of you had sent in some questions on Instagram and emailed me and DM'd me. Anyway, I have quite a few more to answer, like favorite book, favorite celebrity, favorite movie, what languages I'm studying. I'll get to some of those. But today I wanted to answer a question, uh, a question that I think is a little more important um, that you've asked about coaching. And that is, how do I even know if I can change? How do I even know that I'm even capable of the change I want from coaching? And for a lot of you, it's whether you can change uh, some of your eating patterns, which have included meat and fish and dairy and eggs and other animal products. But I work with some of you in all different kinds of areas where you're looking for change. And yes, I hear you. You wonder, how do I know, Michelle? How do I know if I can do it? If I could, don't you think I already would have by now? You know, I'm not uh, 21. Maybe I'm uh, not even capable of it. Maybe it's just not going to work for me. In so many areas, in all of us, not just you, in so many areas, this fixed mindset shows up. Uh, it's, it's been well documented in education and entrepreneurship even in sports and languages where people think that talent is so much more important, there is this common misunderstanding that you either have it or you don't. You either have the skills you need to succeed or the talent you need or you don't. Yes or no? One or zero, right? In reality, though, I think in reality, all of us at some basic part of our lives, we understand Skills can be learned and strengthened, even, even in that last third of your life where I am right now, okay? I think most of us know we can learn new things and we can do hard things. But when we're stuck in the middle of a, uh, of a challenge, we can forget that. So there are many variations on this theme of, don't you think I would have been able to figure it out by now? <laughs> but yes, I myself am always trying to change something in my life as I go along. I've got new things I want to learn, things I've struggled with over the years. Uh, Believe me, I used to have a a mild hissy fit every time I tried to uh, record my podcast. And now that's something I don't think about too, too much. Wonders upon wonders. So very often I'll learn how to do something new and then I'll wonder, oh gosh, I wonder if it's even worth it. Maybe I don't have the right stuff. Maybe it's a waste to even bother at this point in my life, right? I mean, have you ever felt that way? But it's a good question 
when it shows up. We want to notice that question when it sh- shows up because why do you why do you doubt your ability to change in whatever area it is? For me, why do I often doubt my ability to change? And there are a lot of answers to that question. Um, sometimes, sometimes I think, well, you know, my urges in the moment for food that people put in front of me, you know, back when I was not vegan yet, my urges in the moment are never just going to go away when somebody puts down something delicious that's made with cream and eggs. Or often I felt I hate how it feels to say no when people offer me food, especially food that they've made or gone to some effort to procure. Many of you will say, Michelle, I hate feeling deprived. I can't stand it when I'm the only one that's not having that thing. Maybe some of us doubt change because of what's going on in our lives. Sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's a job. Sometimes it's uh, some family stress we're under where there's perhaps a family member that's needing extra care. Uh, some people think, no, at my job, uh, I, I'm surrounded by meat and dairy. Um, or everyone in my life eats pork and chicken and eggs every single day, Michelle, multiple times per day. <laughs> Believe me, I've heard all of it. And yeah, I'm around, um, okay, not so much anymore. Most people do not put animal products around me. But if I go out to eat with people, I still, I still see it. Um, and I know that I struggle with the idea that eating what I'm offered is just good manners. I mean, that was deeply, deeply drilled into me. Or that it's part of our friend group tailgating, potluck dinners. Uh, am I going to be that girl that everybody has to come to a standstill and say, oh, no, Michelle's coming, I guess. Yeah, just never mind. <laughs> I felt that. I felt that. Other people will tell me, you know, I, I'm, I'm dating. What am I going to explain to people before they even get to know me that I'm vegan? Or they say, my partner cooks so much meat and it's good that he cooks for us. How am I going to say, no, I'm not going to eat what he makes me? These are all things that exist. They are challenges that are part of us taking on a vegan, uh, a, a vegan practice. And I totally understand them. And some of them are what kept me from committing for a long time. I, I know you remember, I've, I was an excusitarian for so long. Vegan, unless I had one of those good excuses. But when we are doubting our ability to change, it's largely because we don't really believe that saying no that saying no to meat or dairy or eggs or fish, all those things that have milk and eggs hidden in them, we don't really believe that that's going to work for us. We don't really believe that we're going to feel okay about it. We don't really believe we're going to have any fun. We don't really believe that people will still love us. Intellectually, of course, we understand that we're capable of saying the word, no, thank you, I don't eat that. But we think somehow we think it's going to feel less fun. We think it's going to feel kind of self-conscious. We think it's going to feel disconnected. And I think we feel we're going to be wondering, what's everyone thinking about me? And then you get lost 
in other people's thoughts. Maybe they're thinking I'm judging them when I don't eat meat. (laughs) Maybe I'm just going to feel awkward. Maybe they're going to feel awkward. You know, we have, um, we have so much lack of belief because we think that even if one thing goes wrong, then all we've done is for naught. Everything just falls apart. If we make that one error, we lose our focus, we forget to say no, we forget to double check what's in something, and we think one error will mean kaput, pointless. I couldn't do it. And there's no way we might think, well, there's no way we think now until my dying day, I'm never going to have a single sliver of meat, cheese, milk, or eggs. Most of us don't even understand how that's going to feel when we're starting on our vegan journey. Christmas, birthdays, weddings, Thanksgiving, how would those even be possible? So in that case, what's the point? So many of us, I've been there with you. So many of us have these reasons why we doubt that change is possible for us. But I'm going to tell you, for the vast majority of people, the reason they're doubting themselves comes down to, yeah, yeah, I tried that in the past. I know, I know, I know. I did that, but I failed. I couldn't do it. For sure, I get that. I used to let that be a reason why something couldn't happen for me. And I'm still, you know, I'm still this way with some of my efforts to, uh, especially my efforts at uh, time management and productivity. (laughs) Honestly, if I had a penny for every strategy I've used to try to improve my time management. But anyway, it's very easy for me to remember all the evidence, all the attempts, all the promises that I've made to myself over the years, and then breaking them, breaking them about sticking to my schedule or time boxing or using a getting things done uh, format, endless books, endless programs and webinars for being organized. I get it. I get it. But what if we looked at it differently? What if we looked at it that that's just part of the plan? That's just part of the growth. 10 years ago, for sure, I felt that way about committing to not eating animal products. Every time I ate something, even a mouthful of animal products, I would hear my thoughts telling me, see, told you, can't do it. You've tried so many times, it's never worked. And at one point, at one point along the way, I noticed I had a thought well, I had some sort of belief that it should, shouldn't take more than five tries, right? Shouldn't take more than 10 tries, right? <laughs> and I remember noticing, wait, 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 wait. How many attempts did I think it was supposed to take? I'm asking you right now. I'm asking you, have you ever tried doing something? Have you ever tried, maybe it's to stop eating meat or tried to get organized or tried to write your book or start a business or launch a podcast or get more exercise. How many times is, is it supposed to take before you're doing it? This is nonsense. This is, a, this is a ridiculous question, right? How many times does it take? It takes as long as it takes. When we use the number of times we've tried against ourselves, I mean, that is ridiculous. I wonder if you agree, right? 
it makes sense inside our heads when we're shaming ourselves. Oh, look, you're still struggling with it. Oh my gosh, how many times? But say it out loud, say it out loud. And we know that's actually kind of nonsense. Should I be able to commit to a vegan lifestyle perfectly forever from day one? I mean, most of us would love that. It sounds like a great idea. And actually, once we've been vegan for a while, we start to, some of us, not me so much, because I still really remember, but I know some vegans start to forget that it was, it was a challenge at first. Any mistakes or fails can mean that it's impossible. It could mean that I'm broken. It could mean it'll never work. Or it could just mean that I am learning. It's sort of funny how we don't carefully reframe that when it pops up in our heads. You know, with exercise or applying for jobs or cutting back on alcohol or getting all our work done, some of us will use the things we're having trouble with against ourselves. And then we start coming up with some sort of equation that says, no, 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 no. If I were capable or if it was good for me, I could just change. Okay, maybe not immediately, but two or three times, right? It should just work, except, except almost nothing else you or I have ever done was flawlessly achieved from day one, right? Right? Did you forget that? Did you ever learn or create something that didn't involve messing up a bit or forgetting about it or giving up on it or feeling overwhelmed or incapable? That's just what doing something new entails. But we can sometimes forget that. So if you are having trouble believing that something is possible for you, if you're having trouble believing that it's in your power to limit or eliminate the consumption of animal products, you're just having a thought error. If you're thinking, I, you know, I already tried it. (laughs) I'd like to ask you, how many times did you think it was supposed to take? When we take on habit change, not just changing uh, how you eat or what you eat, when you're trying to change any habit you have, maybe it's scrolling your phone or watching Netflix or changing your exercise routine or making time to paint or write or start a business, most of us are super unrealistic. We think, I mean, I should just be able to do this, right? And if I don't, If I struggle, if I keep dropping the ball or forgetting, it must mean that I'm not cut out for it. It must mean I don't really want it. It must mean, uh, it must mean it's not a good fit. Must mean it's not a good time. And if every time you wobble or mess up or do what you said you didn't want to, that you didn't want to do, and you tell yourself, I guess I'm broken. I guess I'm lazy. I guess I don't, I guess I don't have the support that I need. It must not be a good time. And if every time you just eat that cheese your aunt hands you or the bacon your partner cooked and you think, ugh, this is not the right time for me to do this, then I want you to notice that this is just a very normal and also unhelpful thought pattern. <laughs> It's just, it's so unhelpful and it's so normal. It's a pattern we have internalized along the way that for some reason, things shouldn't be hard. 
Where's that easy button? It shouldn't take a bunch of fails. It should just be this beautiful graph moving from the zero, zero axis point to the upper left of the graph at a steady rate. It should just look like maybe a 45 degree angle, maybe a little bit less acute, uh, more acute. It should just look even. It shouldn't look like a big knotted, messy roller coaster of a graph. And why? Why? From a very young age, most of us are absorbing all these ideas, these beliefs and concepts about how to behave, how to eat, how to learn, how to socialize, how to fuel ourselves, how to have fun and celebrate and work and concentrate. And if we have trouble with any of it, it means, oh, uh -oh there's a reason. And it's probably me. It's probably me that's incapable or disorganized or not serious or spoiled. You should just know what to do and when to do it. I mean, how many of us just think, just think, it should have been simpler. It should have been easier. And if not, then what? Then what? Maybe I need more character or I need more willpower or grit or, or Adderall. Okay, I'm making a little fun now <laughs> because I know I've been there. If we believe that it should work the first time or the third time or at most the 10th time, if we believe that there's a right number of times for habit change to work, then at some point we start to believe at our own expense. We start to use this information against ourselves. Maybe we're bad people. Maybe we're terrible because we're still eating animals when we know how it is they're treated. Or maybe we're emotionally stunted because we keep picking up our phone instead of getting our work done. Or maybe uh, we're in the wrong relationship. Or maybe we're not good in relationships. Or maybe we're just always self-sabotaging. And all that succeeds in doing is disempowering us. All that succeeds in doing is creating a scenario where we feel shame and guilt and it reinforces our fears that we are the problem. We're the problem. Instead of remembering that change just works that way. Change is messy. Change is not linear. Change does not happen one try, three tries, or ten tries. And we'll look around for evidence that we're right. Something's wrong with us. We look at others. We assume they never had any trouble with it. So easy for her. Or he has so much self-discipline. Or they, over there, they must be wired differently. All the time, people say, oh, well, you know, Michelle, you probably just don't care about food. I'm a foodie. Or they'll say, yeah, but you don't have like the family and traditions that we have because... Um, ours includes so much in the way of animal products or celebrating around food. And I have to, I have to usually keep my mouth shut and not remind them that I'm Polish and animal products and celebrating around food are, are a big deal. But typically I don't argue with them. I can just see that when people are having trouble with something, they'd rather assume that there's something different about me than for them. But that's not the case at all because I, I've told you a million times, I never thought that I could commit to a vegan practice, but here I am. 
because I kept practicing thinking that maybe it might be possible. And that however many times I failed in the past had nothing to do with my possibility in the future. But for most of us, that is not generally how we're taught to think. We think, I should just know. I should just know. But actions are always coming out of what we think and feel. And if you think, I should just be able to change, or if you think failing at something is evidence that I'll never be able to do it, then we are just creating a self-fulfilling loop. And then we just keep shaming ourselves. Uh, We keep rationalizing. We keep reminding ourselves of all the trouble we're having rather than trying on a thought like, yeah, sometimes it takes a lot of tries. Sometimes it takes a bunch of fails. Sometimes we could try on a thought like, if I want something, I guess it's valuable and it's worth failing at. I see it all the time that if you do not shame yourself for your fails, if you do not shame yourself for the mistakes you make, you could just, oh, I don't know, learn from them. (laughs) If you don't shame yourself for what goes wrong, then you can just learn from it. And I can't tell you how hard a sell that is for a lot of people because a lot of us have been socialized Uh, socialized to win, to get good grades, to be the best, or at the very least, to be above average. So feeling below average or feeling like you failed the exam, that can be really uncomfortable. A lot of us try and avoid that feeling at all costs. And the easiest way to avoid that feeling a failure is to, uh, it's to drop the class. It's to give it up. It's to change your metaphorical major, whatever that is. Forget about being vegan. Forget about writing a book. Forget about running a 5k or starting a business or forget about anything that you want, anything I want. Because if we feel like we, uh, failed the class, well, we're not used to it. But if it's a stretch, if it challenges us at this moment, what if we could get a little more comfortable with feeling uncomfortable? I mean, intellectually, you know that, right? You know that when a behavior is new, when a habit is new, it feels awkward, it feels hard, it feels, it feels uncomfortable. There's a lot of friction. Practiced habits, things that you can do with your eyes closed, those happen with almost no awareness no friction. So why can't we just stay curious? Why can't we just develop this habit of inquiry to look into when things are happening easily with no friction and what things we only do when we're willing to experience that friction? Are you following me with this? There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with us or the goal. It's just because we've not practiced it enough to feel like it's frictionless yet. And eating, eating how we eat, it's the same thing. Eating no animal products started out as a lot more effort for me than just eating whatever was in front of me or offered to me or in the line at the convenience store or at a restaurant. Yeah, it was more effort at first, and now 
Now it's very little effort. Getting work done on my book. Okay, that's where I'm feeling some friction right now. But I'm borrowing my belief in myself that I've accomplished some other things that weren't easy for me. What belief could you maybe borrow from yourself? Have you ever learned a sport or a skill? Did you ever learn a technology uh, or a game? Did you ever learn to cook or bake or fix drywall or drive? Did you ever uh, pass an exam or a certification? Some skills we know many other people who can do those things. And so even when we're feeling down, many times we can borrow their beliefs that it's possible. We can look at them and go, well, if she could do it, I think I can. But there are still not so many vegans or vegetarians or plant-based folks around us. So sometimes when we're struggling, we can make that mean, oh, it's not really very possible. So that's why I do this podcast. That's why I feature other vegan podcasts and I invite vegans from all walks of life onto Veg Your Best because I want you to know that you can borrow their beliefs. You can borrow their beliefs that it's possible. And almost to a man, we've all said, none of us believed we could do it in the beginning. And this is just good educational theory, right? We started out with the idea of a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. You believe this in other parts of your life. You see this maybe in your kids or in your friends, and you've probably read about Carol Dweck and her research into the fixed and growth mindsets. A fixed mindset versus a growth mindset and how that impacts people's success, not just in school, but everywhere. And it impacts people's willingness to keep going when things are challenging. The same fixed mindset versus growth mindset applies when we want to do anything. It applies in writing a book. It applies in limiting the consumption of animal products or pursuing a vegan path. With a fixed mindset, when it comes to learning, Uh, It's really this fundamental belief that intelligence is somehow static, that uh, you're either smart or you're not smart. And when you have that fixed mindset and you believe you're just born this way, what happens is you tend to avoid challenges because it's not supposed to be challenging, right? Because if it's challenging, it means you're not that smart. So then you avoid obstacles. You avoid wanting to exert a lot of effort. And slowly you start giving up easily and more and again. And I think so many of us have seen this in young people. It's not supposed to be hard. If I were smart, I wouldn't have this obstacle and it would all be easy. That's, that's the pathology of the fixed mindset. And we use it against ourselves all the time. Now the growth mindset in the same learning situation or an educational setting, it's just based on a different belief. The idea that intelligence can be developed, skills can be developed. It's not either or. It's not separating people into uh, high smart people and over you the dumb ones, right? This is the idea that your intelligence 
can always grow. It can always be developed. And when you have that kind of mindset, you're open to challenge. You're open to obstacles. You don't look at obstacles as evidence that something's wrong with you. So if you have a fixed mindset around choosing your vegan practice, then you have this belief, oh, I should just be able to give up meat, cheese, eggs, and dairy naturally. It should be natural for me. And we forget, we ignore how we've been conditioned, how we've trained our brains, how we've been training our brains all along to respond to the rewards. Because listen, your brain has gotten a lot of training around the rewards and the instant gratification of eating things that contain meat, cheese, eggs, and dairy. And it's been going on for decades. You forget when you've got that fixed mindset around plant-based eating, you forget how much you've practiced developing this relationship with animal products. You use animal products as a way to celebrate, socialize, to have fun, to relax, to feel sophisticated, or to comfort yourself. But imagine how different your experience would be if you had a growth mindset about those choices. A growth mindset about your urges and your temptations and your desire and your obstacles. And if you had the belief, you know what? Uh, This is a skill I can develop. I can learn this with practice. I can learn how to respond to uh, people putting something in front of me or being at a restaurant where I have to ask a few more questions. Um, I can learn with practice how to identify what's bothering me in this situation. Imagine if you had that growth mindset and it was not only okay that it was challenging at first to say no to certain things, it was okay if you were struggling. It didn't mean you had a problem. It didn't mean that you're weak or lazy or not compassionate. It just meant that your brain had not developed the skill and you were missing some practice. A vegan practice just takes practice. Think about how much faster everything would be if after every mistake or error or fail, you could just look for the strategy that this indicated you were missing instead of making it mean there's something missing in you. In a nutshell, this is why I think moving towards a vegan practice is such a game changer for women in midlife. This is a time when so many of us really need a reminder that they can still make huge changes and that their minds and their capabilities are not fixed. There's so much we can still do. There's so much we can still change. With a fixed mindset, so many of us will ask that question. I don't know, Michelle, can coaching help me? Can I really change? That immediately reveals to me that you've been uh, thinking about your change, whether, whether it's been in a fixed or a growth mindset, because that's what needs to change if you want to change. When you have zero tolerance for failure, change, change is more or less impossible. But when you change that, when you shift into a growth mindset, all of a sudden you have laid the foundation to change every part of your life, not just your vegan practice. Now, if you haven't read Carol Dweck's book, I think it came out in 2006, called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. It's, it's a good one. But in a nutshell, 
Dweck's research, uh, it, well, it shows that challenging situations can feel catastrophic to people who hold a fixed mindset because they interpret that difficulty in doing something as evidence that they can't do it. But it's, it's never true. From this day forward, I'd like you to consider remembering that if there's difficulty, it's just an indication of where your skills need practice. It's not all or nothing, is it? My clients have growth mindsets in certain parts of their lives and fixed mindsets in others, me too, and it's a process to notice where we're doing that to ourselves, where we ourselves are slowing our progress as a result. And that's why, in a nutshell, working with a coach who can see it when you're doing that, that can speed things up for you. Coaching is the fastest and it's the most effective way I have ever seen to make change. If you'd like to try that on, all you need to do is email me or DM me on Instagram or book yourself into my online calendar. All the links are in the show notes. And in many cases, a free call uh, in and of itself can open up a whole new way for you to move towards your goal. Okay, kids, notice that this week. Notice when you find yourself in a fixed mindset and uh, ask yourself, okay, all right, maybe that's true, but what if I had a growth mindset in this area? What if I believed that my fails, my mistakes, were actually helping me to get closer to my goal? Okay, kids, until next week, veg your best. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.